Mine doesn't really have a theme either. I just picked stuff that I liked that would be interesting to listen to during the week. Oh, mine is themed. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We need some structure. We can't just have tomfoolery everywhere like me. Uh, good um, lord. Tomfoolery everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Are you ready for my spiel? I'm ready for your spiel. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gimme the Creeps. I'm Abby. And I'm Daniela. And we are doing a special – well, I don't want to say special, but um, a lot of us are home – you know, in quarantine, and some of us are still having to go to work. So we wanted to throw together something for you guys to listen to. And today is day one of that series. Cabin fever got you yet? Some of us still have to go into work and some of us want something to listen to while at home. So as part of our quarantine series, I wanted to creep you out to distract you from the craziness out there with the virus. To me, nothing is scarier than the unknown. So here we go. The mysterious drowning of Deborah Wolf. Ooh, spooky. Yay. For this, I used a video by Criminally Listed on YouTube titled Five Creepy Unsolved Cabin in the Woods Mysteries. I used Reddit, DrMariseGodwin.com, and Unsolved.com. 28-year-old Deborah Wolf, often called Debbie, was working as a nurse at the Veterans Administration Medical Center in Cumberland County, North Carolina. On December 25th, Christmas night in 1985, she got off work and called her mom, letting her know she was on her way home. The following day, she did not show up for work. This was not like her at all. She would never miss work without letting anyone know, and she would never miss any calls from work or family. One of her coworkers called her parents. Worried, her parents, as well as a family friend named Kevin Gorton, went over to her cabin that was about four miles outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina. They were shocked because from the moment they arrived, nothing made sense. Deborah was a very neat and tidy person who took care of her two dogs, Morgan and Mason. They found beer cans in the yard and her dogs were loose and unfed. On her kitchen floor lay her crumpled up uniform and her purse was tucked under her bed. But she was nowhere to be found. The strangest thing they found was a message left on her answering machine. And I'll play that for y'all right now. Hey Deb, miss you here at work today. I just wondering how you doing. Uh... If you're able to give me a call up here at the ward, I'm at 822-7007, or give me a call at home tonight. Uh, you've been having a lot of days. You made me worry when you miss another one. I just want to make sure you're okay. Bye. Hmm. So, the stranger mentioned she had missed a couple of days, but this was untrue, seeing as she had called her mother the night before and said she was leaving work. She had only missed that day of work, well, actually only a few hours of work at the time he left that voice message, so it made no sense. They called the sheriff's department and were told that a full investigation would start should Debbie be missing at least for three days. But Captain Jack Watts of the Cumberland County Sheriff Department took the case and some officers were sent out to the cabin. The police waited five whole days before launching a full investigation. However, when they had first searched the property, they used bloodhounds in and around the cabin and along the edge of the pond. No divers were sent out to search the pond, though, which was puzzling. When asked why, Captain Watts stated, I think it was mentioned that they had already looked in the pond. There was no use for us to look in the pond, so I don't think we did a dive for a dive of the pond or a complete search of the pond on that day. No, we did not. Pond. The family grew upset with the department's lack of interest and hired a private diver to look for Deborah's body in the pond near her cabin. I can't breathe. Hold on. 
<laughs> Are you okay? On January 1st, 1986, Gordon Childress began his search with the family friend Kevin. Gordon Childress was friends with Kevin and had been trained in search and rescue. Within two minutes, he found footprints and drag marks at the pond's edge, and almost immediately upon diving in, he found a 55... God damn it. I can't breathe. I can't feel my shiz. Oh my okay. god, Abby, I was like, I'm about to have to call 911. <laughs> Hunter's all over there eating burger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like screaming, okay. Hunter! <laughs> my AirPods are like in my <laughs> So I'm having a heart attack and listening to you scream and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Abby. And almost. <laughs> Take a second. Take a second. Stop talking and breathe. You need one of my inhalers because you're fucked. <laughs> Perhaps. No, I'm just kidding. And almost immediately upon diving, he found a 55 gallon barrel in five feet of water, 30 feet from the shore. The barrel was rusty and had holes in it. Inside was Wolf's body. Her legs were folded and her arms were relaxed at her sides. Her eyes and mouth were closed. Police were called to the scene and it was confirmed to be her. Autopsy revealed she drowned, but it was unknown whether it was a homicide or an accident. There were no traces of alcohol or drugs in her system and no foul play was suspected by the state of her body. Kevin Gordon did not agree that Debbie drowned because a typical coroner drowning would have her in a more frantic state eyes and mouth open, hands and arms flailing about in a fight-for-life state. But she was in a barrel. Exactly. So she... Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just wait. You're going to get pissed off in a second. Her body was very relaxed in that barrel. Findings from the autopsy should have also raised red flags about Debbie's death because first, she had multiple abrasions on several of her fingers, which could be looked at as defensive marks. Also, in a typical drowning case, the deceased would have had a white froth or foam-like substance in their airways or exuding from their mouth or nostrils. No froth or foam substance was found on or in Miss Wolf's mouth or airway. The presence of either froth or foam is a vital phenomenon and often indicates that the victim was alive at the time of submersion. Was Debbie unconscious prior to entering the pond? The autopsy found only a half teaspoon of water in Wolf's upper bronchial area. Police ruled the death an accidental drowning. Captain Watts theorized that since the dogs were loose, she may have been playing with them when she fell in, or maybe one of the dogs fell in and she became disoriented trying to save it. Further into the investigation, the police denied her body was ever even in a barrel, claiming that when they went to retrieve the barrel, it was gone. Captain Watts claims there never was one, and in fact, the diver made a mistake, maybe thinking her jacket had spread out under or behind her when she was at the bottom of the pond. What? Her mother knew Debbie kept barrels outside the cabin to store firewood in, and sure enough, when she went to look, the indentation in the ground was still there, but the barrel was nowhere to be found. So yeah, she freaking stumbled into a barrel. Yeah, that doesn't was... make any goddamn sense. Just wait for it. A few months later, when her mother looked at what Debbie... This podcast is cursed. It really is, and I thought I was going to be on a roll. I was well prepared. Okay. A few months later, when her mother looked at what Debbie was wearing when her body was found, she found another weird detail in the case. Debbie was wearing 
brown corduroy pants that were too big and too long, unzipped, a bra that was three sizes too large and too large around in size. She was found wearing a 38C when she usually wore a 34B. The Nike shoes that she was wearing were three sizes too large and they were men's. She was found wearing men's size six when Debbie wore a lady's size seven. When Debbie was found, she had a new regulation army field jacket that did not belong to Debbie nor anyone else associated with her, and the jacket had no name tag and no way to trace its original owner. When found, she was wearing a black t-shirt with Pittsburgh Steelers on the front, and Debbie's family or her boyfriend could not identify the shirt, claiming that they had no idea where it came from. So, none of those pieces of clothing looked like they were anything that she owned or anything that the family recognized, and they think that she was already dead or in the process of dying when she was put into the barrel and into the pond. Mm-hmm. So theories start coming together, and her mom mentions that Debbie had been in charge of coordinating the volunteers in the hospital. The man on the answering machine was a volunteer at the hospital and had tried to date Debbie, but she told those around her as well as him that she would rather remain friends. The sheriff's department interviewed him, but never charged him because he had an alibi. However, he had denied taking a polygraph and moved out of state after he was questioned. His whereabouts are currently unknown. Detectives would later claim that they investigated several patients with mental problems from the veterans' hospital. Debbie's mother, Mrs. Jenny Edwards, worked tirelessly for over 20 years trying to solve her daughter's murder. Newly discovered information by Dr. Godwin from the case file suggests that semen was present in the victim, um, but DNA profiling was not available in 1985. And a new private investigation is ongoing by Dr. Maurice Godwin. So whenever I saw that, I don't know if it still is an ongoing investigation, but as of whenever that website went up, it was. Mm -hmm. And the murder remains unsolved. Captain Watts had stated, Anyone that the family requested that we talk to or interview, we tried to interview. Of course, through the information we received through these interviews, there was nothing there that we could use in any criminal prosecution, or there was nothing there that would indicate to us that this was a homicide. The police maintained that it was an accidental drowning and no further investigations took place. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, Her mother believes that she was taken hostage and then murdered. And she believes that later someone returned to the pond and removed the barrel after her body was retrieved by the coroner so that the death would seem accidental. So when they found her, they took her out of the barrel and left the barrel there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would they do that? I don't know. I have no idea. They literally pulled her out of the barrel and left the barrel there saying that they would be back the next day to retrieve it. So whenever they went back, it was gone. And that was their excuse. Like, oh, maybe there never was one. So some so only the people person, that were there. Yeah. yeah. And somebody mm-hmm. that was there knew mm-hmm. what they were doing. Continue. That's Yeah. And that's not it. So- <clears throat> Her mother believes she was taken hostage and then murdered. She believes that later someone returned to the pond and removed the barrel so that the death would seem accidental. There are people out there who know what happened to Debbie, and I'm hoping that they will come forward and finally say something. She was loved by by very, very many people, and I think that she has a right to be put to rest finally, and I'd like to do that. The other strange findings were 
Um, a family, a family friend, Franz Schof, who had gone to the cabin to feed Debbie's dogs, found Debbie's wool stocking cap in mud at the opposite end of the pond from the location where she was thought to have entered the water. The family thought that this was odd because there was a thin layer of ice on the pond, and it was unlikely that the cap would have floated to the other side of the pond. Hmm. And Mrs. Edwards also found it odd that when the North Carolina State Bureau of, In- of Investigation returned the white Nike tennis shoes to her. They had no mud on them. She inquired to the SBI that they, and they insisted that the shoes had not been washed or cleaned. They were the same as they were when they were removed from Debbie's body. Okay. okay. And then Debbie's stepfather went to the cabin on December 27th, 2005, and he found a white short-sleeved nurse's uniform lying on the kitchen floor. According to a co-worker of Mrs. Wolf's at the VA hospital, this uniform was not the one Debbie had worn at work a day earlier. The co-worker said that while the two were having coffee at work on December 26th, he accidentally spilled coffee on the sleeve of her uniform, and he later said that he was positive she was wearing a uniform with long sleeves. Did you say 2005? Yes. I guess he went back. So things, I think things are being like placed or something. That's weird. It's like how, it's like a shit ton of years later. Exactly. Um, And it's just out in the open like that. Yeah. That part is weird. I don't know. Yeah. Who the hell is going in there? Why is that? Why 2005? Maybe they got that date wrong. I think it might have. It might have auto inserted like this. If say this website was put up in 2005, it might have auto inserted the date or the year. Cause oh, I okay. think, because that's only two days after she, they found out she was yeah. missing. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about this is it's weird. And they were getting frustrated and decided to hire their friend to help them because the lack of interest of closing down everything, um, sectioning off the pond and getting divers to go in, they were just sla- like totally slacking. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they didn't even true. take the beer cans. Like at least I know that they didn't have DNA or whatever, but like there were beer cans in the yard. There was yeah, no alcohol. In the system. Yeah. So whose beer cans were they if they weren't hers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and the way her purse was under the the bed, I have some personal theories, but I don't want to tarnish the character that she seemed to have, um, was upholding at the time. Mm-hmm. She seems like a very lovely person and her mom had, her mom passed away, but she had been spending that entire time trying to get them to reopen the case because it didn't, it just didn't make any sense. And it was very frustrating right. for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so weird. She can't put herself in a barrel. And even if she, her body drifted into the barrel, that it's only by a few hours because she had called her mom that night before she didn't show up for work. Yeah. How does your body just perfectly drift into a barrel? Exactly. I don't know. That and her dogs, really her poor dogs. It's, uh-huh. If only animals could talk because they probably saw the whole thing. Yeah, they were probably like, if yeah, it was that dude. Some people can kill people, but they can't kill animals. And so I'm wondering if the person set the dogs loose, hoping that they would leave so he could finish what he was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I could hear Hunter <laughs> sneezing. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I have to say that one part again. <laughs> 
how Sorry. loud can you fucking be? No, you're fine. You're fine. I was hoping he has his freaking phone on out loud and shit over there. I just heard him sneeze, and that was Thank it, it. Was like fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's a very dramatic sneezer. <laughs> so some people can't bring themselves to kill animals or like if it was an unplanned thing, I feel like he might've released the dogs hoping that they would run off into the woods or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he could finish disposing of her body, etc. But then they just hung around the well, property. What if as he was dragging her out of the house, the mm-hmm. door is propped open because he has to take her out and the dogs mm-hmm. just run out. And he's true. like, fuck, I, I'm not going to chase after these assholes. I'm just going to That's leave. true. And assuming it is one person because, like, it, it seems anyway that there is oh, some kind of yeah. cover-up going on with the police. Yeah. They obviously – I mean, they had bloodhounds, but who's to say the bloodhounds picked something up, but they had to, like, hush the dogs up and pretend like they didn't find anything. Right. Because I find it hard to believe that that friend of theirs found something within minutes and they had spent that afternoon with actual – hounds and didn't find a damn thing so. yeah yeah it could be uh mm-hmm. somebody covering up with the whole dog situation they might have just been like either it was those two things that we just said or the cops were like to make it look like she just drunkenly left mm-hmm. the door open or something and stumbled into there yeah we'll just let the dogs out or something or like to to add more question to what happened or what she did like the dogs could have gone into the pond or whatever mm-hmm. and she could have followed we'll just let them out yeah they just set up the whole story by yes. staging things yes. uh the weird thing about the purse what i was getting at about tarnishing her reputation was some people live secret lives or they have a secret side of them that they don't want people to know about so mm-hmm. say she like owed someone money or maybe she was getting drugs from somebody. I don't think that that's the case. But the fact that it was mentioned in several sources that her purse wasn't where it usually was kept. And not mm-hmm. a lot of people just put their purses under the bed, like stuffed under the bed. They usually have yeah. it on the kitchen table, on the counter, on the sink, on their way out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made it a point to mention that that was not how she usually kept her purse. So it seemed like it if it stuck out that much, why was she hiding her purse? Well, the first thing I thought of whenever you said that was um she could have invited or like that guy, that person that um mm-hmm. was like trying to pursue her or whatever, like she finally was like, you know what? Like fine, you can come over, we can have like a drink mm-hmm. or two or something. But then you have to go. So she invited him over and she knew he was kind of sketchy. So she hid her purse. Oh. I mean, that's literally the first thing I thought of. But I don't know. That could. I you might know. be right. That That is another way to look at it. Or Dang. he came over unannounced and she, as he was there, she right. was like, oh, shit, I better hide my home. purse. He followed her home or something. And her uniform was in the kitchen. So they were suspicious about that. But I mean, some people just start undressing the second they come inside because they're like, "Ugh, I'll pick that up later. I've had a day. It's Christmas. I called my mom. I'm ready for bed, whatever. Yeah. It's just but the whole situation with the voicemail. That means he like 
it wasn't even like, oh, she's running late. It was like, she's not here today, even though it's been a few hours of her shift that she hasn't shown up for. And tried to say, you've missed a few days. I'm worried about you. When in reality, it was just that morning that she hadn't shown up. Yeah. So I'm glad she made a point to call her mom the previous night so that it totally threw off that story. Mm -hmm. Or So I'm convinced he did that. He did it on purpose. Either he did it on purpose or he really didn't know that she hadn't been there because uh, if he was, like, stalking her or whatever he was doing, if he was bothering her at work then and other people knew that, then they could have been telling him, oh, she's not here today, but she was there. Mm-hmm. So that he would – so that he would not, like, go looking for her or something. And like, oh, she's not here she didn't come in today or some shit. And in reality, she really mm-hmm. was there, but he thought she wasn't there. Oh, maybe you're right. I mean, she was I don't probably know. Maybe trying to avoid him if, if he didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. But it's to- probably likely that he was the one that did it because that's some, what, yeah. that's what mm-hmm. a lot of like husbands that kill their wives and stuff. Like, um, I don't remember what the fuck his name is. Scott Peterson. Is that his name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Whenever he called his his wife after oh he God. went fishing or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was pregnant and stuff, that's a yeah. that's a good one. And did you see how many things it had in common with the Gone Girl? Which one? The one the Scott Peterson case. Oh, um, yeah. I was like, that's really. Did that no, happen? Like, she, I think she wrote the book after that okay. case. Okay. So she might have that taken a sense. few. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was similarities now that I think about it. Actually I did I think I did think about it uh the last couple times that I've heard the story. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was an, an unsolved mystery. Uh that is crazy. Apparently I had an episode on unsolved mysteries. That's where I used I used the uh, website unsolved.com. It's mm-hmm. actually archives from episodes that you can find information on. So now I'm going to be using that more cuz it has it keeps it pretty short. short All the information precise. Some sources said they weren't sure if she had a boyfriend or not, or if that was an excuse she gave people she was rejecting. And then that source said that they asked her boyfriend to identify her clothing. So um, I'm not sure about details like that, but the main stuff, it seemed to be true and accurate to what really Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, Another thing too, is that her mom mentioned there were two men trying to pursue her that were volunteering at the hospital, but the majority of the sources I used um, said that there was just that one who actually was investigated. It's just so sketchy that he left the state after denying a polygraph and being questioned. Yeah, The mm-hmm. polygraph part, though, doesn't uh, like after listening to like crime junkies and all these other uh, true crime podcasts. Yeah, if you're like, nervous, you blew it. Forget it. Yeah, if you're they're like uh, polygraph tests don't even matter at this point. I mean, they do for. They're not at point. Yeah, but they're not very as physical evidence anyway. And they'll tell you not to take a polygraph test. So yeah, and a lot. I mean, other cases will take things from from the scene and have the evidence with them for 
testing or reopening the case later on, but mm-hmm. they didn't even care to have the foresight for that for potential DNA testing in the future. Cause this was 1985. So they couldn't do it at the time, but right. if they would have kept anything from the case, they could have tested on it, but they were clearly trying to avoid coming to the conclusion of what happened. Yeah. Very sad. Very tragic. She was 28 years old. Oh my goodness. Yep. So yeah, that was the case. Make sure you guys let us know what your theories are. If you haven't heard of this case, look into it. It's very interesting. I wonder what happened to her dogs, Morgan and Mason. I wonder if her moms took her mom took the them in. Dogs had their names printed. Don't do this. To yes, me. on uh, Reddit, I think. So hopefully that is their name because that made it so much sadder for me to read, especially if they saw what what happened to their mm-hmm. owner. You know, but I, in a way, I am happy that. They didn't kill the dogs, whoever it was. Yeah. Always so sad to hear. I agree. All right. So, yeah, that was our first episode of our quarantine week series. Hope you guys enjoy this little extra bit of information for today and enjoy the rest of your Monday. Bye.